This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. First, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You guys, we can't even tell you how much we appreciate you. You make this podcast possible, so thank you. And a big thank you to our February sponsor of the month. Yes, it's February already. Yes. Wendy L. McDonald. She's a writer, poet, podcaster, photographer, nature lover, and I know you'll enjoy getting to know her. So she has a free special gift for you, 10 Good Habits to Help You Become a Great Listener. We'll link to that in the show notes, and you can also find out more about her at her website, Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y L. MacDonald, M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, WendyLMacDonald.com. Thank you, Wendy. And it is my turn to share a wonder. And I have to tell you, we had a little bit of a rough time in my family not too long ago. I had a niece who was in the in for a more or less routine-ish type of a surgery, and things went very bad. And next thing I know, we're, we're praying for her life. And it was just, it was scary and people were praying. And I, I really was concerned that we were going to lose her and we didn't. God, in my mind, it was just miraculous. And he just intervened and she's still with us. And for me, the wonder is that such a reminder that God's hand is is what orders our steps and what ordains our number of days. And God is the one who gives life and God takes it. It all belongs to him. He has the right. And our job is to honor him for who he is in that and respect that and to delight in the gift of life that he's given us. Never take it for granted, you guys. Enjoy every moment because you don't know. You don't know when your last minute uh, here in this world will be before you step into eternity. And to me, it's a wonder, though, because that's that's God's plan, and that's who he is. Amen. And, and now, now, here's the show. Hey, guys, welcome to The Deep. We're so delighted to have you here and just so excited about spending another year with you, sharing about God and our writing journeys. So welcome, welcome today. And Aaron gets to introduce our guest. Yes, yes, we have a guest. It's Heather Eisminger, and I'm so excited. Heather is another very cool person I had the pleasure of meeting at the Florida <laughs> Christian Writers Conference, where she served as the conference chaplain. And so that's going to be fun to talk about today. <laughs> now, Heather is a self-proclaimed hoarder of words and caffeine. So she's a sister of my heart there. <laughs> she holds Amen. a BA in English writing from 
from FSU and an MA in Christian education from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. She and her Prince Charming Mike have been married for over 20 years and have two children. Five days a week, Heather's in her high school English classroom with coffee in hand, surrounded by the students she adores. When she's not juggling family and teaching, she's a local photographer, another woman after my own heart thing, (laughs) and an award-winning freelance author. Her deepest passion lies in teaching others biblical truths so they understand how to pursue a radical, Jesus-loving life. Don't you love it? Welcome, Heather. It's so good to be here. I've been so excited about this. Me too. We had some great chats at the conference. Y'all, you you got to go to conferences and you meet cool people. (laughs) We're just encouraging that again. Yeah, I got the benefit from meeting you as well. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You know, I want to just share a quick anecdote here about you being a teacher with coffee in hand. Yeah. I I didn't drink coffee until I was out of college and I taught Montessori for a year. Five years old through fifth grade, I taught them French and music. And that's when I started drinking coffee. That's when I started not being able to face the day or those lovely little monsters without massive amounts of caffeine. I I think I would need more than caffeine if I had an elementary school school classroom. Those teachers deserve like, they deserve triple medals. It's it's unbelievable. I watched the other teachers almost mainlining their coffee and I thought, What's that about? Didn't take me long to know. I was in line. <laughs> gimme, gimme. <laughs> it is necessary. Well, Heather, what does the deep mean to you? I have thought a lot about this, Erin. And I was born and raised in Florida. So the ocean has definitely been a part of my life and, and who I am. But as I think about the deep, I am terrified of like deep sea scuba diving Mm -hmm. and and even getting to a place where I can no longer see my feet. There's a a real fear there. And I think that when I begin to kind of pair that with riding from the deep and being deep with with my relationships with others and my relationships with um, my Jesus, I think that that even carries over. I tend to put up walls. Hmm. I tend to to be scared of of going too deep with someone because what if if they really see me and don't like me? You know? (laughs) (laughs) And and so I think the deep can, can kind of go along the way of like the need that I have to formulate deep connections not only with the people that I'm around, but also with the Holy Spirit and to not be afraid of what that might look like or to not be afraid of, of how that might impact my life in the long run. Because sometimes the deeper we go with Jesus, the more he asks us to do. And, and that can be scary. But I also realize that there is great beauty in the mm. and beautiful, beautiful fish, beautiful undersea life that is there. And and so it it reminds me to really be unafraid of going deep, even though my first reaction is to do just that, to be afraid. Yeah, yeah, totally understandable. 
So I'm wondering if you've ever been out on the ocean. I have. I have. I have been on a cruise, but I didn't have to think about it. I have not done scuba diving. I've done snorkeling, and in all of those snorkeling kind of events, like I could see the, I could see the ground. I could see my feet. So I have not actually been scuba diving. I've had plenty of opportunities to learn growing up here in Florida. But it has just always been one of those things where I've been like, oh, I'd rather jump out of a plane. Thank you very much. Which <laughs> <laughs> I promised to do with my son when he turns 18. So I don't know. He He's 12. <laughs> we so you years. have some time. You have six more years and possibly six years to think of in a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. I, I I think I agree with you, though, about not being able to see what's in the deep. We want to know what's coming. Yeah. You know, like we want to be able to prepare because somehow we think that'll make it all OK if right. we can prepare. And, and we don't trust that God is the one that needs to prepare us and that he's the one that can do it. So, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that started in the garden when Satan came to Eve and said, has God really said? And suddenly she started to doubt what she knew. She knew what God had said. And yet Satan put just enough of a suggestion there for her that that rebellion and that fear started inside of her. What's God keeping away from me? What's what's he holding back? And too many of us on our writing journeys, we have it fixed in our minds where these journeys are going to go. And when they don't follow that plan, suddenly this journey that we've put ourselves and our finances and our energy and our heart and our life's blood on the page to um, becomes an unknown. And we start second guessing and we start wondering. And and if we get around a community of, of writers like you do at writers conferences, it's so easy to fall into comparison and into fear and envy so you know, talk to us about in your work as a chaplain at these writers' conferences, talk to us about some of the struggles that you've seen, obviously not giving specifics, but just in general, what are some of the struggles that you've seen? When I begin to really think about the the deep struggles that are facing a lot of writers today, I, I would say they don't stray very far from what humanity itself faces. Hmm. I had several several women and, and men that I prayed with over the course of the last writers conference I was at, um, struggling with cancer, past suicidal kind of attempts and deep, dark, depressive thoughts. Several women struggling with how do I balance a writing life and a home life? How do I take what I'm doing here and what I know this part of my life that God's called me to? How do I take that and, and still be the wife and mom that I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I see with writers, because we are artistic people, is that we oftentimes tap into those emotions and our emotions can overwhelm us. They can, they can mm-hmm. drive us sometimes for great things and sometimes, sometimes not so great things. So I think the mental health aspect of, of being a writer can significantly be affected by, well, by the evil one and and his attacks as we, as we try to write God's word. And as we try to understand what it is he wants us to write, 
we can get caught up in in all the things that contribute to uh, an unstable mental um, experience yeah. mm-hmm. from depression and anxiety. And it's a big weight. It's a big weight because we're we're taking God's truth and his word out. And that's the last thing Satan wants from us. And so right. he's going to attack us in a thousand different ways. Yeah. Yeah. My husband likes to call it being nibbled to death by ducks. All these little things just nibbling at you and chewing on you and chipping away at that certainty that this is what God, this is the task that God has given me to do. And, you know, like you said, doubting yourself and second guessing. And, you know, I absolutely love Psalm 42. In fact, I just decided as I was listening to you, I think we'll do a podcast on all of Psalm 42. I think that this is the perfect Psalm for creatives and for writers, because, you know, he goes from, David goes from, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. And then day and night, I have only tears for food. How often have we felt that way? And my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. And then why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? I will put my hope in God. And then now I am deeply discouraged. (laughs) That's one of the reasons I... I love David and I love the Psalms is because we see the realness and the humanity in him. Yes. And, and as someone who ministers to, to writers, I think that that's something we need to, we need to consistently be reminded of that just because we experience the highs and lows of life, or just because we may have seasons that, we may not be producing quote unquote, what we think we should does not mean that God's not going to use us. It does not mean that we just shut the door and we decide, well, writing's not for me because I haven't published anything in, in five years. Therefore I'm not a writer. I think that we get caught up in thinking, you know, everything's got to be perfect for me to be able to write about it. No, God wants us to write from deep. He wants us to write from the scary and, and the places where we are, are impacted. And a lot of times he'll allow us to walk through it so that we can empathize with those who would also struggle. Right. I think that in fact, in those struggles, in that up and down and back and forth, we learn um, just as a child who, they talk about the terrible twos. Well, there's so much stimuli coming into that kid and he's absorbing it all and trying to figure it all out without the capacity to do so. And so emotions explode and tantrums mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. And it's not until they start to grow and mature a little that they learn how to manage all that. And that sometimes the struggle is exactly what we need to be refined. And in our faith, we go through those same steps those same tantrums and, well, you told me I was supposed to write in my book. Nobody wants it. And, you know, God's just like a loving parent. He's just listening and nodding and waiting for us to vent and spew all that stuff and then just talk to us in a voice of peace and a voice of truth. So, you know, it's so important for us to realize, and we've said this quite a number of times, emotions are a very poor measuring stick of reality. Now, emotions are valid, emotions are true, and we need to feel them and acknowledge them and own them, but we don't use them to determine what is and isn't true. Right. And and I I tell my students that quite often with different things 
reminding them, you know, God gave us emotions. Emotions right. are great. It's what right. we do with those emotions that become right or wrong. Yes. Are you going to harbor anger and become bitter? Are you going to act out in violence? Are you going to, so emotions are great. They're wonderful. It's the actions that breed from those emotions that they can make or break us. And I think one emotion going back to just what I continue to see with so many at writers conferences is oftentimes discouragement. Yes. Overall, mm-hmm. like if I had to boil it down to what's at the, the the very bottom of so many of the things that people come to talk to me about, it would be just discouragement, discouraged in their writing journey and discouraged about what what to do next. Oh, God can't use me in this because I, I have failed so many times or, you know, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to write that book because I've got a thousand other things I have to do. I've got to make, make money to help my family. How do I, so it's just, it's this constant discouragement. I think that, that kind of rears its ugly head and we allow it to then create emotions in us that don't drive us to seek God, but rather we turn inside and go, yeah, I guess this isn't the right time. (laughs) And maybe I'm not supposed to do this at all or things like that. That's the most dangerous detour you can take is turning inside with those emotions. Yes. Rather than turning, I mean, what what we need to be doing is turning and saying, okay, God, how do you want to make this happen? What do you want to happen? Right. right. You know, uh, Karen and I were talking before this podcast, um, and there was a situation where I wanted two different things. Like, I was the perfect character (laughs) in conflict between two things that are both very important to me, and I could not... I could not meet an obligation for both of them at the same time. It was not right. possible. And Karen's like, yeah, see, God already has this <laughs> figured out. You know, he's going to put you where he wants you and allow you to do what he wants you to do. Right. And, you know, right. you got to give it up. You know, it, <laughs> it's not like God is is looking at that and saying, oh, I didn't know those two things are going to happen at the same time. Now <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> And that's how writers, they're like, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And they can't, they feel like they can't do it all. And it's true. We can't do it all. But we can do what God wants us to do if he's the one that we're trusting to empower us to do it. You know, I love, um, there's a verse, God is able to make all grace abound to us, you know, so that we can have everything we need to do everything we need to do. And it's just, we, we need to hang on to God's sufficiency, to God's grace. And that that is definitely something that we struggle with. I think too, when you were talking about how just the artistic nature of writers, it really does make us swing, I think, more emotionally. One of the things that I think is nice to realize about that is to know that up front. You know, there's there's a medication I have to take sometimes. I have various things with fibromyalgia and insomnia, and there's a medication I have to take sometimes, and it depresses me. And if I have to take it two days in a row, I am like depressed. And it's awful when I say, why am I so depressed? But the times when I back up and say, you know what? 
this is the reason why I'm depressed and it'll be okay. Right. You know, it'll right. be okay. And I think as creatives, we can just be like, you know what? This is the reason why we're swinging right now, but it'll be okay. God made me this way. It'll be okay. Absolutely. There's great comfort in just knowing it'll be okay. Absolutely. I think I think so many of us are are created to react intensely and emotionally to things that happen to us so that we can then take that reaction and take those things that we've experienced so intensely and and be able to empathize with the lost world. And mm -hmm. if we aren't able to empathize with the lost world, then what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, if, right. if we aren't able to to show care and compassion and and hurt for people with people, then we're missing the boat on the ministry that God has called us all to. And and that's to know him and make him known to right. to the world. And so I think that that's that's a huge part. One thing that has helped me, I think, when I'm in those places of stagnation in writing or when I'm talking to somebody, especially students, I teach seniors who they're making some crazy big life decisions mm -hmm. their senior year. Yeah. And I boil it down to, well, God has helped me boil it down in my head to what is the next yes that God is asking of you? It could mm. be saying for a writer, it could be saying yes to, to writing this article. It could be get out of bed. Yeah. Or it could be get into bed, get some yeah, sleep. That too, <laughs> amen. Rest. It's it, and it's so important. I was, in fact, I was literally telling a student this today. What's your next yes to mm -hmm. Jesus? What is He asking you to do next? What is He asking you to do right now? Maybe it's you know get off your phone and get in a book or whatever it is. Ten years from now, you're going to look back, and if you've been obedient to the ten million yeses. You're going to be exactly where God wants you, mm -hmm. doing exactly what he wants you with the people around you that are supposed to be there. There is a Bible verse, uh, Luke 16, 10, I think, that says, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And that's the way you do it. You say yes to the next yes that God wants. I, I absolutely love that. I, uh, in, in these kinds of situations, so I want to be sure to say that, and I know I said this jokingly, but I want to be sure to say that sometimes that yes means you sit on the sideline for a while, means you oh, step absolutely. out of, of trying and struggling and doing what you know to do. Sometimes it means you... You step back and step into God and take time just with him and, and you're silent. I, I just saw something the other day that said the letters that spell listen also spell silent. Mm, and so cool. listen to God, listen and take your, your struggles and everything to him. You don't have to do to please God. He will yes. tell you when to do. I, I liken it to being in the military. Um, we foot soldiers don't decide what hills to take. Those above us who are doing the strategies and who are our commanders, they tell us which hill to attack and what to take and, and what the next strategic move is. And, and if we're not in some kind of assault, some kind of moving forward, we're resting and recovering and building our strength and our skills. And, and we're right. in God's army as we, we lead the attacks on the world and the attacks on the lies that have penetrated the world. 
And we need to let God tell us whether we're supposed to do or whether some days we're supposed to just be in him. That's right. right. And those seasons of waiting, saying yes to those seasons of waiting. Sometimes those seasons are years. Mm-hmm. They're not days. They're not weeks. They're years. And that's when that's when it can be really hard to go, are you sure, God? <laughs> you know, yeah. are you sure? Uh, because I've been in that situation at different points in my life where it has not been just, you know, I want you to take a break for a couple months. It's, I want you to take a break for a couple of years because right. you are not ready for what's next. Exactly. The, yeah. God is spending that time refining us and preparing us. And, you know, all runners run a race, but not everyone receives the prize. The one who continues, the one who stays the course, who follows God's leading is the one who wins the prize. And so whatever God's leading is, you've got to follow it. You've just got to. Absolutely. Right. I think you all know as you listen that that these struggles are more or less universal. Now, there may be some things that I struggle with that you don't struggle with and vice versa. But the enemy is trying to sidetrack us all. The enemy is doing his best to come into this amazing task that God has given us to write. And remember, God may have asked you to write for yourself. Maybe nobody else will read it, but but that's okay because you're doing what God has asked you to do. Or maybe he's called you to write because your book is going to take off and change the world. Whatever God has chosen for you is perfect for you, perfect for your impact on the world. I read another quote the other day that said, you will never know the depth of your influence in this world. Well, mm-hmm. the nice thing about being believers is we will know because God will tell us as he gives us that well done, good and faithful servant, he will tell us the influence we've been for him. And I think that you have been an incredible influence in your chaplaincy at writers' conferences and in the things that you have done to help people dealing with these struggles. And so I'm grateful for the work that you're doing for writers and I'm grateful for the fact that we get to encounter each other and play together in this amazing task that God has given us and that God will use us for his good purposes in his perfect way. Yeah. Thanks, Heather, for being here. Thank you so much, both of you, for what you do for writers in this podcast and just the honor and privilege it is to to be here and hang out today. It's been it's been good for my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.